Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All that support and mentoring has gotten me here today, and this is where I'm supposed to be, the general manager of the Washington Commanders. And I, I can't tell you guys how excited I am to be here. It's, this is absolutely incredible. I've been pinching myself. That was Adam Peters yesterday, formally uh, introduced as the team's new general manager, the person now charged and empowered, it would seem, uh, with the responsibility to turn around a franchise that has been among the worst in the NFL for 30 years. Uh, and hopefully um, he will be able to do that. God willing, we'll all be here to be here to document uh, the turnaround, move by move, uh, in great detail, as we typically do. Uh, the first move, obviously, will be the hiring of a new head coach. Good morning. Two guests on the show uh, today. Mike Jones from The Athletic will join us at 11 a.m. We'll talk about his and the league's view of the Peters hiring and what he thinks comes next as far as a head coach. We'll do some NFL playoff talk with Mike as well. Josh Edwards from CBS Sports at 1135 to talk NFL draft. Caleb Williams officially declaring yesterday before the deadline. So uh, let's start with Adam Peters and yesterday. Not much really in the way of major headlines uh, that's fine by me. Things you think about when you think about the 49ers over the last few years is a very physical football team. Uh, I mean, I think I've mentioned multiple times over the last couple of years. I don't, I can't remember a team that has offensive players that are harder to tackle and get to the ground than the 49ers have had in Debo Samuel and Kittle and McCaffrey, uh, et cetera, not to mention, uh, mention their defensive physicality. There will be a lot of collaboration on the kind of players uh, that they bring on. Um, Coach does the same. Too many years of Mr. Snyder uh, around here. After they took control of the team and the sale was finalized when he was really very anxious um, about the responsibilities he had after acquiring the team. I thought that that was very refreshing and talked about it, you know, at the time. This does not appear to be the egomaniac um, and the, uh, the type of person that we had here for 25 years. And, you know, just a small little observation this team will make. Is it the general manager? Is it the head coach? Or is it for this position? Doesn't even take the interview for this position a year ago or two years. Autonomy um, as the lead 
and final say-so decision-maker ended up being number two on the list in terms of off-season additions. He became the vice president of player personnel, uh, then was elevated in 2021 to assistant general manager. Um, but he has always been described as one of the key talent evaluators, specifically as it relates to the draft. Well, in 2017, the 49ers had parted ways in the offseason following their 2016 season, which was not a good season for them. Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. That would be Colin Kaepernick's basically the, the last year uh, for Colin Kaepernick for the most part uh, as a regular starter in the league. And they went 2-14 and 14 that particular year. And that, you know, prompted the firing of Chip Kelly and, you know, everything that changed afterwards with John Lynch, who replaced Trent Baalke at the time, and um, uh, Kyle Shanahan was, was hired to come in. And in 2017, they went into that season without a quarterback. They did not have a quarterback. And I just want to remind everybody of where they stood in the draft that year. He was not the general manager, of course, but he was the vice president of player personnel. And they had the number two pick in that 2017 draft. And the number one pick, by the way, was Cleveland's, and they selected Miles Garrett in the 2017 NFL draft. But the first offseason with San Francisco – Again, not the final decision maker, but part of the brain trust in that front office, they had the number two overall pick. Um, The quarterbacks in that draft, if you recall, were Mitch Trubisky, who ended up being selected at number two overall. Why? Because San Francisco traded a spot back with Chicago, who was trading one spot up to ensure that they got Mitch Trubisky, who they would have been able to get at number three. That was one of those trades that never made a lot of sense, but there must have been some competition for Trubisky, which is why Chicago wanted to get up there and not allow somebody else to with San Francisco. San Francisco ended up trading one spot back. They selected Solomon Thomas, who did not work out very well at all. In fact, they then picked again at the end of the first round and selected Reuben Foster, which also did not turn out very well. Reuben Foster's college tape at Alabama was off the charts. Um, there was a lot of love for Reuben Foster, but there was a lot of you know due diligence uncovering a lot of issues related to Reuben Foster, which is one of the reasons he fell that far. Remember, John Allen was the selection of Washington at number 17 overall in the 2017 draft, and John Allen was supposed to go early, but there were concerns about arthritic neck and shoulder issues, which is why Allen dropped to Washington at 17. But I bring this up because they ended up going in 2017, uh, that season in 2017, with C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer, and then eventually deciding to trade, deciding to trade at the trade deadline for Jimmy Garoppolo. They had a bad first year, Uh, but if you recall, their plan going into 2017 was to not address quarterback. Why? Because the plan all along was to trade for Kirk Cousins or to sign Kirk Cousins in free agency. 
I read there is the vice president of personnel. This was a recap done at uh, WalterFootball.com, but there were several that basically read the same way, but this was more detail. In writing about the 49ers, 49ers never had a chance last year as they opted to go into the season with just Blaine Gabbert and Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. That was the 2016 season. Um, so the situation hasn't improved much. The tandem of Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley um, is where they're going right now. But the plan is in place, and that plan is to eventually acquire Kirk Cousins. The Redskins are currently holding Cousins hostage under the franchise tag, but they likely won't be able to afford him next spring. Given that the relationship is so fractured, Washington should just trade Cousins now to get something more than a compensatory pick for him. However, John Lynch has proven proven himself to be a patient general manager and a savvy trader, so the 49ers seem fine with waiting. Remember, there was no pressure on the 49ers that year. Uh, It's their first year. But they did try to trade for Kirk Cousins. But Washington, and we've heard this many times, documented, reported multiple times, wouldn't even have the conversation with the 49ers. There was no way that Dan and Bruce Allen were going to trade Kirk Cousins to Kyle Shanahan. That was not happening. We know that the reporting is that they were offered at the very least, Washington was, number two overall. So the 49ers were active in trying to acquire one quarterback in that first offseason, and that was Kirk Cousins from Washington. But Washington would not even take the calls or consider what the 49ers were willing to offer. Look, Jay Gruden has said before that it was more than number two overall, that it was potentially multiple number ones or multiple picks for Cousins. Um, But remember that this was a group of children running uh, an NFL organization, and they did not like anybody from the Shanahan family, and they just weren't going to do it. Um, And they also had some idea in the back of their mind that if 2017 went really well, maybe Kirk will decide ultimately to sign a hometown discounted deal. Well, that was never going to happen as long as Dan Snyder owned the team, as long as Bruce Allen was around. You know, Kirk was offered $54 million guaranteed, and six months later was offered as much as $90 million guaranteed. They were so far off, it was embarrassing for Bruce Allen to even consider himself or or Dan Snyder to consider themselves as actually NFL front office execs to miss the target that badly. And remember, we all had the conversations about that at the time. But they had a chance with Adam Peters and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, Adam Peters being the key talent evaluator brought in from Denver and a big part of the brain trust in that first year. They had the number two overall pick, and they didn't have a quarterback. They tried to trade for one, but that wasn't going to happen. Then they decided to wait for Cousins, and then they changed their mind on that. And the reason they changed their mind on that, they realized at that point when they got to the trade deadline in late October of 2017 that Cousins was going to – there was going to be a frenzy of a market, and it was going to skyrocket in terms of the price. And it wasn't necessarily a lock at that point that he would end up signing 
with Kyle Shanahan as a free agent. So they traded ultimately for uh, uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember, too, as part of that offseason, they brought in Pierre Garçon. Why did they do that? Well, because there was some expectation that they might be able to pull off a trade for Cousins. So in the position of not being able to trade for him, which happened you know, during that March, during that April, um, and then after the, and, and even hopes of, of perhaps pulling off a deal heading into post-draft, not being able to pull off that deal. They chose not to take a quarterback in the 2017 draft at number two overall. They traded back. They took Solomon Thomas and ultimately took Reuben Foster uh, in that draft. And the next time the 49ers selected a quarterback in the draft uh, would be Trey Lance. Uh, they did not select uh, a uh, – I'm sorry, they they selected C.J. Beathard. My fault. In 2017, they did select C.J. Beathard in the third round. But after that, the next quarterback that they would select in the draft would be Trey Lance when they traded up for Lance in 2021. Um, just interesting just to go back and look at the 2017 offseason, the first that Adam Peters was involved as part of the brain trust in the 49ers. They had number two overall, and they didn't have a quarterback. He comes into this situation. They have number two overall. More likely than not, I would assume they don't have a quarterback. Now, is the situation the same as it was in 2016 for the in 2017 for the 49ers? Um, Did they have a Sam Howell on the roster? No, they really didn't have a Sam Howell. So it will be interesting to see what he makes of Sam Howell. They brought in a veteran, Brian Hoyer, to go with C.J. Beathard uh, in that 2017 season. But they basically punted on quarterback that year because they thought they could pull off a Cousins deal or that they would wait for Cousins in 2018. Now, that situation with respect to free agency does not exist here. Cousins, by the way, speaking of free agent quarterbacks, he'll be the number one free agent quarterback in this upcoming offseason, and there will be competition for him. I personally think he will re-sign in Minnesota. And I would doubt, given that this is a clean slate and an opportunity to build with right now no immediate pressure to win in 2024, I would imagine they're going to go young at quarterback. Um, but uh, that is a big, big part of what will determine Adam Peters' fate here in Washington, at least early on, is what they do at quarterback. Uh, I think they'll draft a quarterback at number two. I would say that the odds heavily favor that at this point. Um, But they didn't do it in 2017. But again, the reason they didn't do it in 2017 is they did have an expectation ultimately that they would somehow land the quarterback that was preferred by the head coach, which was Kirk Cousins. Ultimately, they never got the quarterback right in San Francisco. You know, uh, when I say they they never got the quarterback right, Garoppolo was good enough with the Shanahan scheme and the incredible coaching uh, done both by him and then by defensive uh, guys like Salah and and D'Amico Ryans to be a competitive force in the NFC without, you know, a top half of the league starting quarterback in Garoppolo. Um, And at this point with Purdy, 
I think the jury's still out. This is a big postseason to kind of prove that they nailed the long shot needle in a haystack, Mr. Irrelevant. 262 overall was the selection of Brock Purdy in the draft. We'll see what happens. It's a great team around him. Not a good team, a great team around him with a great coaching staff. Um, And why is the team great around him? Because they've done a really good job in constructing a roster around the quarterbacks that they've had. They're the example, really, that you would hold up and say – This is the one example of a team that has competed late into January without having the truly elite quarterback, the sustained winning. You get the one-offs. I'm not saying you don't get the one-offs. You get the one-offs where you don't have the elite quarterback maybe and they make a deep run, but it's the sustained five years of winning and being in contention. And the only time they haven't been is when they've been seriously injured, which is something that every team is vulnerable to. Uh, but the draft choices since you know 2017, the, the Kittles, uh, the Fred Warners, the you know the, obviously by the way they, they also pulled off the trade for Trent Williams that helped out. Um, Bosa Samuel going one two, Dre Greenlaw in that 2019 draft uh, in in the fifth round, um, Kinlaw Ayuk. Uh, Jennings in 2020. Uh, and then, you know, you had the 2021 draft. You did get Lenoir and you got Hufanga and Elijah Mitchell late on day three. Um, but obviously a lot of their draft capital and future draft capital went into the trading up for something that did not work out in Trey Lance. Um, really interested to see what he and the head coach, because he talked a lot about collaboration, what he and the head coach will decide on quarterback. Um, And then what the reaction to that is. I think if for some reason they don't, and I I agree with this, if they don't love the quarterbacks in this draft for whatever reason, they don't feel great about the quarterbacks in this draft, then you don't take one of those quarterbacks um, in the draft. You perhaps look to move down a little bit, maybe take somebody – in the second round, or late in the first, if you are able to leverage number two into something really great. Um, but at this point, I would say it is 80% that a quarterback is taken number two overall. Um, but the answers won't come until draft day. Uh, I think you already saw a guy that was pretty savvy in that press conference in terms of not disclosing much about what they are going to do. Uh, we'll see if that holds up over the next few months. Uh, let's hit a quick what do you got? All right, all right, all right. What do you got? So the divisional round is coming up this weekend. Uh, you have three outdoor games, one indoor game. Uh, Baltimore, it's going to be cold uh, here on Saturday. The snow that is coming Friday will be over um, by Saturday, but it will be frigid uh, in Baltimore for the divisional round game against Houston. Uh, Buffalo, no snow in the forecast, just cold temperatures, but sunny skies forecasted uh, for Buffalo and Kansas City on Sunday. Uh, in San Francisco, a lot of rain um, in the uh, in the Northern California area for the weekend. Uh, so uh, that is in the forecast for Saturday night 
in the San Francisco Green Bay game. Todd Bowles is going to take Tampa Bay into Detroit on Sunday, into Ford Field, uh, indoor stadium as we all know. But um, apparently that was not known to this particular reporter who asked Todd Bowles in a press conference yesterday this question. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit, um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't <laughs> Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. You just got you, you got to, in that moment, just put your arms around that woman and just say, it's okay. Um, everybody makes mistakes like that. Uh, and Todd Bowles did not do um, what some coaches would have done, which is really belittle the reporter's question. I love... Todd Bowles. I have loved him as a defensive mind and a defensive coordinator for a long time. I am so rooting for him and Tampa Sunday in Detroit. Uh, I don't think they're going to win that game. I really don't. Uh, I think it's actually a bit of a mismatch to a certain degree. Um, And we'll see what happens. Um, They destroyed Philadelphia team that was tanking. Look, they had to beat Carolina in the final game of the regular season to clinch the NFC South, and they did it 9 to nothing. It was not pretty. But he has been one of the best defensive minds in the NFL for uh, literally this century. You know, his first job this century was with the Jets as a secondary coach. I mean, you want to talk about the post-NFL career of a, of a coach who finally got opportunities later. He started at Morehouse College in 97 uh, as a defensive coordinator and secondary coach. He went to Grambling, I think, to work for Doug Williams at the time. Then his first stint in the NFL was with the Jets in 2000 as a secondary coach. He was in Cleveland for two years, uh, for three years, excuse me. Then ended up in Dallas. Remember, um, you know, he was in Dallas for... Uh, several years during the mid-2000s as a secondary coach there, then went to Miami as an assistant head coach and secondary coach and became the interim head coach in Miami in 2011. Um, Then was in Philadelphia for a few years as secondary coach, interim defensive coordinator, was finally named defensive coordinator for the first time in Arizona in 2013 and 2014, did a great job there, and then got the opportunity with the Jets as a head coach and was there for four seasons. Um, they were not good seasons uh, for the Jets. They went 10-6 and six his first year. They were 5-11, and 5-11, 4-12 after that, and he was fired after the 2018 season. But his defenses were outstanding. Then he got the opportunity after Bruce Arians left to coach Tampa, and he's on his second straight division title winning season. Last year, 8-9 and nine with Tom Brady in the final year. They lost to the Cowboys in the wild card game. They were not a good team um, last year. 8-9 and nine winning the division, got to host that game, remember. Um, that was Dak's shining uh, playoff moment at Tampa Bay last year. 
but not a lot was expected from them this year. Really, when you thought about that division, New Orleans was the preseason favorite to win that division. A lot of people thought Atlanta would compete in that division. Hell, if you go back to August, there were people thinking that with Bryce Young, Carolina had a good enough roster and a lot of different spots for them to be competitive in a bad division. But he won the division title, just annihilated Philadelphia in a, in the postseason game. Kind of like last year where Tampa wasn't playing well and Dallas got them. Tampa got the benefit of having a home playoff game against a team that wasn't playing well. But he dominated Philadelphia defensively. I mean, Philadelphia had no answers for anything that Bowles did. He's somebody, not just because he's a former Redskin and a former champion, um, as a Washington Redskin. You know, he played here for, I think most of you know this, um, he was a part of the uh, 87 championship team. He was on that roster, but he was here for five seasons and left the year before the 91 team uh, and then came back here in 92 and 93. Uh, but Todd Bowles has had, he's an East Coast guy, went to Temple, grew up in South Jersey, went to Temple, had a really good NFL career. And I don't know, to me, he's always been a good guy and an underrated defensive guy. I would love to see Todd Bowles somehow go into Detroit and win that game. I would also mention that the 49ers, um, before the loss to um, to Baltimore on Christmas night, uh, which was you know a blowout loss, kind of a stunning loss actually uh, altogether. The only team that had played them well once they got healthy down the stretch was Tampa. Uh, Tampa played them before be, before losing to the Ravens. They had won. Remember, they had won six in a row. And one of those games was against the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers were in that football game. Uh, it was like 13-7 to 7 or 13-10 to 10 at halftime. They moved the ball multiple times into the red zone, and, and Baker had an interception. He had a fumble in the red zone. Uh, but the 49ers, um, you know, they, they didn't rush the ball like they did against a lot of teams. Uh, I'd like to see Tampa with – I don't think they'd beat the 49ers on the road, and I don't think they're going to beat Detroit. But Bulls is such a good story in these final eight to root for. I hope that, you know, in all of the profiles this week leading up to divisional round play and all that we'll get early Saturday and early Sunday, um, I hope we get, you know, the story of Todd Bowles in more detail. I know this. He's, a, he's always been a highly respected and a very well-liked person in the NFL. Um, And you're not going to get Todd Bowles to take advantage of a question like that and really try to belittle uh, anybody. Um, He gave you the answer. They are playing indoors, even though it will be 12 degrees in Detroit outdoors on on Sunday. Uh, All right. Uh, The coach, that's the next big move. We'll play some Adam Peters sound on what he'll be looking for in the head coach. And then the one moment from the presser yesterday when he was asked about the current roster that he's inheriting. You'll hear that in a lot more uh, next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. So Adam Peters met with the media yesterday in his first uh, press conference, introductory press conference. Um, it went well. Uh, he did fine. Uh, and not a lot there, which you would want as a fan of the team. You don't want him disclosing a lot. He's playing it close to the vest. He talked a lot about collaboration uh, with the new head coach. Um, he was asked uh, about his thoughts surrounding the current roster uh, this was the one moment where there was a bit of, of hesitation uh, before he answered this question. This is how it went. I believe that there's a few cornerstone pieces in this roster. Oh, wait, hold on, back up. You don't have the question with that one so you can hear the hesitation? No, no none of these have questions. Oh, okay. So, sorry about that. There, That was the one moment in the press conference yesterday that was somewhat notable, I think, for a lot of you. Um, I think it was David Aldridge. I think David asked the question, um, if my memory serves me correctly. That was that was a long time ago. That was yesterday afternoon. Um, but he was asked about his thoughts around the the surrounding his thoughts on the current roster, and he hesitated. There was hesitation, and then he said this: "I believe that there's a few cornerstone pieces in this roster. I believe we have a lot of work to do, and that's just evaluating everybody." And that's going to start with the coaches. When the coaches come in, we hire a head coach. We sit down together with the personnel department, and we sit down and, and evaluate everything and figure out where we need to be. So that's an ongoing process. I've, I've started a little bit, but we have a lot of work to do, David. That, that was a David Aldridge question. Uh, he addressed that. Um, but it was uh, notable, I guess. Um, I don't know if it was him about you know thinking to himself, oh, boy, the roster, the current roster. Um, but him saying uh, that there are a few cornerstone pieces of this roster. There are. There are some cornerstone pieces. There aren't pieces... You know, I think this time last year, I, I can. I'm just going to speak for myself. I think many of you agreed. I felt about as good as I had in a long time about the actual roster. You know, I was like, "Hey, you've got more A-ish kind of players than you've had in a long time." Duran, John, Montez, Terry, 
uh, you know, et cetera. And some players that look like they could become A players. Uh, you know, the wild card was Chase Young, but, you know, players like Cameron Curl. Maybe this is the year Jamin Davis steps forward. Sam Cosme on that offensive line. One of the backs, you know, whether it's Gibson or Robinson Jr., um, so you had that um, feeling a year ago. I did anyway. Feel much differently a year later after watching 17 games of this. And clearly, you know, one of their most gifted players, and I guess you could say two of their most gifted players, are gone in Sweat and Chase Young. The cornerstones, I'm sure in the back of his mind, he is impressed with Terry McLaurin, Sam Cosme, Brian Robinson Jr., uh, certainly I would think Duran and John are players that he thinks are good players. Are they the level of players that he's had uh, in San Francisco? Maybe not, but good players. Um, after that, you got a hell of a punter, that's for sure. Uh, all right, so you heard him, you know, defer to – uh, that's going to, you know, start with. You know, we got a lot of work to do evaluating everybody, and that's going to start with the coaches when we hire a head coach. There was a lot of that during the presser. You know, when we get together with our personnel department, because it certainly sounds like he is going to be a general manager that is looking for a head coach that he can collaborate with to give him a roster that makes sense for the way he's going to coach the team. So on the coaching search. Several questions. Here was the first one on if he started interviewing coaches, how far along he is in that process, and what are the qualities he wants in a head coach? We're looking for the best leader for this team, for the Washington Commanders. And so uh, we, we have set criteria that we're going to have a, be aligned in that vision. And it's not going to be in a box. It's not going to be offense. It's not going to be defense. It's going to be the best leader for this organization. Yeah, they're looking for – look, I, th- there's more here coming up. Um, but the head coach position, no matter how brilliant that person is as a coordinator, uh, scheming up you know, receivers open, scheming up gaping holes for runners, scheming up incredible protections, incredible checks to plays versus you know, certain kinds of defensive looks or defensive pressure packages, you got to be somebody – who now oversees 53 men in a locker room and more on a practice squad, et cetera, and has leadership ability. Um, he mentioned leadership twice, and he mentioned aligned vision multiple times during the press conference, meaning he has an aligned vision with Josh Harris in terms of what they'll be looking for in a head coach. There was a follow-up to that on the most important factor in hiring a head coach is – I think um, I think in any head coach and any leader, it's just leadership. Leadership, great communication, being able to be honest, direct, and upfront, have all those qualities, and they're all intertwined. But those are the, those are the main qualities. You have to be very smart. You have to be very driven. There's so many different qualities that, that make up a great head coach and a great leader. But really, it's just about being a great person, a great human being that people will follow. I mean, came back to really the leadership even there at the end. You know, a great human that people will follow. So let's look at the list of those that have either already been virtually interviewed or those that are about to be virtually interviewed in terms of those the, the requests that have been made. Um, by the way, the, the recent news 
Uh, Nikki yesterday from the Post said Ben Johnson's virtual interview with the Commanders will be on Friday per source. I found that to be a little bit interesting, that Ben Johnson, in the middle of preparing for a divisional playoff game, will do virtual interviews. I understand that most people, most successful people, can do more than one thing simultaneously, um, and that you know this virtual interview perhaps is a shortened version because he is rather busy. Um, but it is interesting, right? I mean, Detroit's getting ready for the biggest football game they've had in 32 seasons, a divisional round game as a favorite at home to get to the NFC Championship game. Um, but that was reported. Uh, ben Standig uh, reported yesterday that Raheem Morris is scheduled to interview with Washington uh, tomorrow. Dan Quinn also tomorrow. Um, both of those teams eliminated over the weekend. Um I don't think uh, we know that Weaver and McDonald have already been virtually interviewed from Baltimore, and we know that they've requested in, in, requested interviews. Excuse me, with Bobby Slowick and Aaron Glenn as well. And we did have the one report about perhaps some interest in Jim Harbaugh. So the list right now, okay? Let's just you know, in terms of what we know, are the the people that they are likely that they've at least requested interviews with. Okay, the, the the Jordan Schultz report was more that there would be interest. It was not a report that they had requested or reached out to. It was, it was a report that they had reached out to Harbaugh's agent. So let's keep the list to the two offensive guys on the list, Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick, and then the defensive guys on the list, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, Anthony Weaver, Mike McDonald, and Aaron Glenn. I'm not missing anybody, am I? No, you got them all. Okay. Here's what I want to know from all of you at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Who do you want, first of all? And then is there somebody that if they did hire them, you'd be really disappointed? You wouldn't be really psyched about? So who do you want them to hire and why? And then they're the person that you don't want them to hire that really would be disappointing to you. I'll give you my answers when we come back. Denton will uh, give you his answers, and then I want yours at 301-230-0980. Adam Peters is on board. He is now in the mode of searching for the franchise's next head coach. Our listener lines are open, 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and theteam980.com. Caps hockey last night. They get a big win over the Anaheim Ducks by a score of 2 to nothing. Tom Wilson scored his 12th of this season. In the NFL, Atlanta announced it has completed an interview with Jim Harbaugh for the head coaching vacancy. Harbaugh joins Bill Belichick as guys that have interviewed for the Atlanta opening. Chirps in action tonight. They're on the road against Northwestern. Game tips at 9. Pre-game right here on the Team 980 at 8.30. And that's what's trending. So out of the list that we know, uh, including guys who have already been virtually interviewed and uh, a few more that will be virtually interviewed, but let's just make the list right now. Uh, The defensive guys, Quinn, Morris, Weaver, McDonald, and Glenn. The offensive guys, Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. Who do you hope that they hire? And is there somebody that you'd be disappointed if they hired? Um So my answer to this is really, really a reach because, 
I think when you're talking about assistant coaches, there's a lot to like in watching them as play callers, as play designers. Like, I like what they're doing in Detroit a lot. Ben Johnson appears to be incredibly competent as an offensive coordinator. Uh, Bobby Slowick, the same. You know, the, the difference between Ben Johnson, he's done it a little bit longer uh, than Slowick. Um, Weaver and McDonald, the job they've done in Baltimore, clearly uh, phenomenal. Um, Dan Quinn's the only guy on this list, other than Raheem Morris, but for a much shorter period of time, that has had any success as a head coach. Uh, I'll, I'm just gonna I'm gonna wing it here because there is one person. The, the biggest disappointment for me would be if they don't interview Vrabel. I want Vrabel interviewed. I want to hear soon that Washington is interviewing Mike Vrabel. He is the surest thing without a lot of, you know, hope he turns into a really good head coach, believe he'll turn into a really good head coach, but hasn't done it. Vrabel right now is a top five, worst case, top eight head coach in the NFL. All right, so my biggest disappointment would be if they don't interview Vrabel. Um, And I would also throw Harbaugh into that conversation. But in terms of the question, for me, I guess I'll go with Ben Johnson because of what he's done with Detroit offensively. Going back to last year, they were dynamic all season long offensively, you know, in that first year or second year or whatever with Jared Goff. Um, He's done a phenomenal job with Goff. Um, And I guess that would be the preference. Um, The disappointment at at, at this juncture would be Dan Quinn. He's got the most experience, and he had su- success as a head coach, obviously, taking Atlanta to the Super Bowl. But my God, the most recent impressions. I mean, he was taken to the woodshed by Matt LaFleur in the biggest game of the year the other day. Um, what about you, Denton? I mean, so my, my preference, I think, is Ben Johnson. But, like, I have continually tried to talk myself out of one specific person, and all I do is talk myself into him. I would like them to interview Jim Harbaugh. Even if they don't hire him, I would like them to interview Jim Harbaugh. He's weird, he is quirky, but he wins literally everywhere that he goes. And this team hasn't won in, as you know, decades. So you should get a winner in here. I want them to interview Jim Harbaugh. The disappointment would be, and it's not necessarily a knockoff on this particular individual, I just don't have a big file on on Anthony Weaver in Baltimore. I, I This is the first time we'd ever really heard his name, like at least with some of these other guys. We've heard their names before. I just don't know exactly what he would bring to the table. So I'd be a little disappointed if they end up hiring him. You know, I think I said last week or the week before that, you know, anybody that has such a strong definitive opinion on the hiring of the general manager is reaching. Because really, for most of the audience here, for most of the media um, as well, a lot of these names they're hearing really for the first time um, or they've only heard recently. And you really are projecting, even if you've followed the specific career of an Alec Hallaby or an Ian Cunningham or an Adam Peters, you're projecting as to what they'll be when given the reins of an entire organization. Um, and with assistant coaches in the NFL, it is the same thing. And again, I've mentioned this many times, more times than not, when you hire people that aren't proven, it doesn't work out. We're hopeful here, and they got the number one guy. They got the most sought-after guy on the GM uh, front, and it's possible they'll get the number one guy in the head coaching front because Ben Johnson is clearly right now from the off from an offensive head coach uh, situation the number one guy for perhaps multiple organizations. So we'll see 
see how it plays out. But it's really hard to project. I don't have to project with Vrabel, though. That's something you don't have to project. And he has worked with general managers. He does not have to have, like, final say. Harbaugh might need to come with his own guy, so he may be out. Um, Let's go and start with Bobby in North Carolina. We haven't talked to Bobby in a while. Bobby, what's up? Hey, hey, Kevin, you got me? I got you. Hey, brother. Um, Look, I'm you know, I'm taking a new model in this thing. You know, I've always been very opinionated when I call you, and obviously I don't know jack crap the last 20 years talking to you because, you know, it never turns out good. So (laughs) I'm at the point now. I don't don't have an audit of all of your predictions, but I guarantee you you've been right on a few. Don't beat yourself up. Maybe maybe one or two, Kevin, but I'm just hoping and praying that Adam Peters is going to be the guy and he's going, and I'm going to trust him. Whatever they decide on, Kevin, I'm just going to trust this yep. new, you know, stuff that we got going on. But I do, if I had to choose between two, I mean, I am very intrigued by Ben Johnson. I'm actually very intrigued by the Slowick guy from the Texans. Um, you know, he comes from that Shanahan family, and he's. I know he's young, but I wouldn't be opposed to maybe bringing him in, you know, and 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 see what he can do, but. Either one of those guys, Kevin, but I'm really at the point now I'm just going to trust all this new that's going on and hopeful that we're on the right track finally after too many decades of being a bad football team, man. You know, so, Thanks, so. Bobby. Appreciate it. I think part of the Ben Johnson allure or even the Bobby Slowick allure would be the idea that they're going to take, you know, a quarterback at number two. And here we go. You know, Adam Peters, uh, an offensive-minded head coach that's done wonders with uh, a quarterback, whether it's a veteran quarterback like Jared Goff or a rookie quarterback like C.J. Stroud, and then taking that quarterback. You know, the defensive coordinator is going to have to come with an outstanding O.C. Um, as well. Uh, Frank in Charlotte. Frank, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Um, two back-to-back calls from Carolina. Uh, who do you want? And who would disappoint you, head coach-wise? Okay. Uh, good morning. Uh, good afternoon now. Um, but, um, yeah, I would want uh, Bobby Floyd uh, because of what he's done with the rookie quarterback. And, uh, and the reason why I would want Bobby Floyd because I, I'm, I'm believing what you said uh, maybe about a couple of weeks ago, that we should be on the Jaden Daniels uh, uh, pick. I, I can see us taking him at two, and we should take him at two. Because I think he's a little bit better than the guy from uh, the May from UNC. So Bobby Slowick would be my choice, and the most disappointing ones would be probably Mc, if McVay, for some reason, hypothetically just wanted to leave or something like that. If we picked him up, or maybe uh, maybe Raheem Morris, that would be um, that would be so disappointing. <laughs> you think you're just going to pick know, up Sean McVay? He's not going anywhere. He's the head coach well, under contract in LA. He's not well, an I mean, option. If he wanted to. It, yeah, if he if he was an option, and yeah, I don't think he's but, leaving uh, beautiful but, uh, Southern California where he's done a phen- phenomenal job to come back to, especially yeah. if he knows what the weather's been like here for the last two days. Um, thanks for the call, Frank. Appreciate it. Let's go to Polly. Polly, go. Who do you want? Who would disappoint you? Big guy, how you doing, man? What's Hell up? To the W. Look, you know me and you in the greens with the whole Vrabel thing. You know we talked about him before. Um. And also Harbaugh, man. Those two guys, I think, they, they're the two slam dunk hires. You know, you know what you're going to get. You know, but um, me, I don't know, man. I'm intrigued with Raheem Morris. I want Raheem Morris, man. I, 
he he got his feet wet in a couple spots. You know, he he keeps getting good jobs. So that tells you he's respected around the league, around the coaching circles with the other coaches. And you got to think, man, these, these whoever coaches got to put a staff together. So that's going to be key also. And, and I think he has the ability to put a good staff together. Um, I like what he did in, in the interim in Atlanta when he took over for Dan Quinn. You know, he, uh, you know, my um, man um, Peter says leader of men. Well, one thing to show that you're a leader of men is to, to change the attitude of a team midseason you know, after a firing of a head coach. And I think he did a good job with that. So, uh, you know, I kind of – outside of two big fish, I'm leaning Raheem Morris. The guy I don't want is Dan Quinn. Uh, not to mention, you know, he's doing this with the Cowboys. But I don't think he has recovered from 28-3. to 3. I mean, he never recovered. I don't know. Dallas has been a pretty good defense. He's a good defensive coordinator. He had a bad day. But we're not talking about coordinator. We're talking about leaders. I know. Leader of the entire team, and and that team never got better. Never recovered from twenty-eight-three. And the the biggest problem of that team was the defense that he was leading. You know, I mean, he was one of those head coaches who was calling. You know, I know Raheem Morris was there. But he wasn't the defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn was calling the plays. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't want didn't, Dan Quinn. Didn't they win? Did, I, didn't they go back to the playoffs under him in Atlanta and win a game or not? And I they almost the didn't they Hill, almost beat yeah, Philadelphia the year they won the Super Bowl? Wasn't that the, the Atlanta I team? That was the Atlanta team. Was that the same yeah. Atlanta team? I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's just been downhill. So I don't. I don't know. I just got this feeling about Dan Quinn is more illusion than it is reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like I said, outside of the two big fish, man, I'll, I'll, I'll take my shot with Raheem Morris, a guy who's been there, who had his, got his feet wet a little bit already. You know what I mean? He seems to be well-respected and liked around the league when it comes yeah. to play, players and coaches and he keep getting good jobs. So, I'll take yeah. my shot with him. Th- yeah, th- thanks for the call. Uh, so, just updating you. Yeah, after they blew the Super Bowl lead, they went 10-6, and six, had a good season, beat the Rams in the Coliseum, if you recall, in Sean's first playoff appearance, uh, and then had Philly on the ropes the year they won the Super Bowl in the divisional round. Remember, it was I think it was Julio Jones, didn't he drop the, the what would have been the game-winning touchdown? Yes. In that game? Yeah, yeah, right? you're, yeah you're thinking of the right game, yeah. Yeah, that and and that would have prevented Philly from winning the title that they won. Um, let's let Ian finish it up. Ian, go. Who do you want? Who would disappoint you? It's on Friday, a young head coach on the offensive side that can grow with Adam Peters in an equal partnership with a new quarterback. To me, Slowick is the best answer because it's the most comparable situation to Washington. Bad historical organization recently. You are going to have a new head coach. You are going to have a potential number two pick. There's a lot of parallels with what Houston was last year to what Washington is this year. What I would be disappointed in is any of the guys who are tenured that come with their aura and presence. Harbaugh, Vrabel, Belichick, Tomlin, Quinn, all of those guys. There's no way Jim Harbaugh is going to come in and not own the room in personnel. There's no way Belichick, Tomlin, 
Vrabel. You what said about Vrabel, Vrabel though? Partnership. Vrabel doesn't have that same go personality back. of the other guys that you talked about. And is definitely yeah, more new age, analytically oriented than any of the older school guys that you talked about. And proven. But if you go if you go back, if you go back to I don't know if it was Hard Knocks or the pre-draft shows with him. He was instrumental in selecting Malik Willis and Will Levis, both of which Will Levis is obviously a big TBD, but Malik Willis was a pretty big, pretty poor pick. And then yeah. the management of Ryan Tannehill and the, act, the signing of him was a poor contract. So, no, I don't want Vrabel. And the last two years in Texas, uh, in Tennessee have been – Pretty putrid. So no, I'm not interested. Well, in it was putrid. One, I mean, they were they were seven and three or whatever they were two years ago when they lost, you know, when they lost Tannehill and they had to go to Malik Willis. Um, yeah, and that would have been me, more likely me, than not I, a fourth straight play, fourth or fifth straight playoff season for him, whatever it would have been at that point. I, I think he's an me, outstanding coach. Want... It all the stuff that you know, in game stuff that you always look at, you know. Or I always look at, he just has always gotten right. All right, uh, Mike Jones uh, next. We'll get his reaction to Peters, the league reaction, where he thinks he'll go head coach, etc. That's uh, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 